I'm going to read some scripture that's found, first of all, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, then Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 12 through 13, and then thirdly, a very familiar text found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. By the way, if you're here today, you've not received an outline of the sermon, lift your hand. I want everyone to have an outline of the sermon today. I believe the Lord has spoken to our hearts and in, uh, instructing us through his word this morning. So if you need an outline, please raise your hand. Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, But from there you shall seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And then the weeping prophet Jeremiah wrote it this way in chapter 29, verses 12 through 13. Then you will call upon me, God says, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Somebody says amen. That's God's word. That's God speaking to us. Let's listen as he talks to us from the book of Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will first of all hear from heaven. Second of all I will forgive their sins. And thirdly God says. If we'll seek his face. He will heal our land. Notice the introduction to the message. Seeking the Lord means seeking his presence. Presence is a common translation. Of the Hebrew word faith. Let me say that again. Presence is a common translation of the Hebrew word face. Literally, we are to seek his face. But this is the Hebraic way of having access to God. There's not a one of us here this morning, I hope, that would not like to have access to God, that would not like to dwell in the very presence of God and to understand that we are in the presence of God. But this is, a, as I said, the word for access to God. To be before his face is to be in his presence, John Piper says. May we experience the presence of God since God is present everywhere when we talk about experiencing the presence of God. We are really talking about the realization of God's presence. The perceiving of his presence, becoming conscious of his presence. I talk about this quite often, and I've preached this before uh, about uh, eight or ten years ago. Uh, I've rearranged it somewhat for this message. But I believe that all of us need to understand that we're in the very presence of the the Lord. When we talk about the presence of God, we want to talk about the three dimensions of of God's presence. First of all, there is the omnipresence of God. Psalms chapter 139, verses 7 through 12. I love these verses. Where can I go from your spirit, the psalmist says? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So he's saying this morning, no matter how high we go, 
we'll find God there. And no matter how low we go, not just physically, but in spiritually, no matter how low we are, we certainly can experience and realize God's presence is there. Verse 9 says in 139 of Psalms says, If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. So there's this omnipresence of God. Jeremiah 23 says it this way. God says, am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places, so I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I, not, do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? I'm talking about the omnipresence of the Lord. Someone says, what's that word omni? You don't hear that often. It means all, and it means everything. When we're talking about the omnipotent God, we're talking about the all-powerful God. When we speak the omniscience of God. We're talking about the all-knowing God. And here we are talking about the omnipresence of God, which means he is everywhere. You remember the prophet Jonah that tried to run from the presence of God, wound up in the belly of a whale, and God spoke to him even in the stomach of the fish. You can't run from God's presence. You can't hide from God's presence. He is everywhere. He is omnipresent. In fact, Isaiah talks about the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth. No matter the country, no matter the state, no matter the county, no matter the city, no matter the home, no matter where we are, God's presence is there. The second dimension of God's presence is his indwelling presence. John chapter 14. I love this. Verse 17 says this, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it, either, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he what? Dwells with you and will be in you. And then Paul right into the church at Corinth in chapter 3 and verse 16 says it this way, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Somebody say hallelujah. The same spirit that, that, that moved upon the face of the earth and created light out of darkness and created everything, that same spirit dwells within us when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. That's a wow. That's big time. That's something to rejoice over. No matter where we are, no matter how we feel, once we've accepted Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives, and I believe is active in our life, creating character in us just like Jesus Christ. That's the reason we can be like Christ. Without, a, without His Spirit, we can't. That's the second dimension of God's 
spirit in that he dwells in us, that he's shaping us. He shapes our character. He shapes our lifestyle. And then thirdly, there's a third dimension, certainly, of the presence of God, and that's God's manifest presence. God's manifest presence. So we're learning this morning, listen to me, we're learning this morning that God's Spirit is everywhere. We're also learning that when we accept Jesus Christ, He comes on the inside. But that's... It's about as far as some people go, goes when it comes to the presence of God. God wants to manifest his presence in our lives. He wants us to experience the manifested presence of God. Let's, let's, let's look at some of the manifestation of God's presence. We'll start, first of all, over in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus, chapter 40, verse 34 and 35. Then the cloud, this is speaking of the temple or, or, or the tabernacle, which was with the children of Israel and Moses. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting. Because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Wow. It was so powerful. It was so moving until Moses couldn't do anything. He just was basking in that cloud of glory. And then in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, it says, Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets, the cymbals, and instruments of music. And praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. Of God. Wow. Somebody says, boy, I would like to experience that. I would like to see that cloud and and that glory of the Lord. And pastor, you're talking about the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Sure, that happened in the Old Testament. You remember the story when Moses went on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, how that there was fire and there was thunder and there was smoke and the, even the earth or the, the, the ground itself moved. There was a great manifestation of God on that mountain. In fact, God told the people of Israel, don't come up on the mountain because if you do, you will die. Wow. I want to experience the manifestation of God. Somebody says, but pastor, you're talking about Old Testament stuff. Okay, allow me to move to the New Testament to that we can, so we can see that we also, you and I as believers, you and I as the church today can experience the very manifestation of God. It happened on the day of Pentecost. Happened many times in the, in the book of Acts and in the New Testament. Look, look at Acts chapter 2. When they have, the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a what? 
sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So we moved from the cloud in the tabernacle in the wilderness. We moved from the great Solomon temple with all the glory in it and Mount Sinai and all the, all the manifestations there. We moved right into the New Testament with the birth of the early church in the book of Acts and we see this great manifestation of God. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I sort of think that's a powerful manifestation of the Spirit of God. He said, Pastor, that stopped by the early church. Did it? Show me in the scripture where it stopped. Nowhere in the scripture. In fact, if you look at the book of Acts, you'll see throughout the book of Acts. Let me give another example. Most of us remember Saul. How that he was so against the church. And he imprisoned the believers and the church. And he was on his way to Damascus. Riding this, probably this stallion of a horse prideful in his heart and he had orders to go and imprison and kill Christians and all of a sudden the Bible says there was a light that shone around him and he fell off of his horse I think that's a manifestation wouldn't you claim when you call that a manifestation not only was there a, a great light that shone around him It was so bright it blinded him. He couldn't see after that. And not not only were there a light, but there was a voice that came. I think that's a manifestation, don't you? This voice that came roaring down to Saul. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul had a tremendous manifestation of the Spirit of God and the power of God in his life. There is the omnipresence where God is everywhere. There is the abiding presence where God is on the inside of us. Then there is this manifestation. And I believe if a culture ever needed the manifestation of the Spirit of God, it's today in which we live. Yeah, but Brother Don, that's old hat to us. That's... That, that's something we don't talk about much. We don't talk about Pentecost much anymore. We don't talk about the anointing of God anymore and speaking in tongues anymore and the manifestation of the nine gifts of the Spirit anymore. Why don't we? Why shouldn't it be a part of our lives? A very big part of our lives. God wants us to enjoy this great manifestation. The manifestation of God's presence includes the anointing of God. It includes the spiritual gifts of God. There is a refreshing in the presence of God. God speaks of that refreshing. Peter spoke, I think it was the second sermon that he preached after this great manifestation on the day of Pentecost. And here's what he says 
to thousands of people. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come while you're watching television. I'll wake you up. I'll make sure you're listening. While you're enjoying a good sports game, or while you're just enjoying the... Listen, the Bible says that this refreshing comes in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but if I've ever needed refreshing, it's today in which we live. Because there's so much opposition. As we were praying this week, God showed me the spirit of the python. Spirit of the python. A homosexual spirit that was trying to, to, to control a certain family. And God showed me this serpent that his tongue was continuing to come out. And darkness was about this, uh, this, this situation and this happening. And it was a serpent. It was a spirit. Now we might not meet that every day of our lives. And we may not uh, come against that every day of our lives. But as I began to pray, I saw darkness begin to leave. I saw the word of God begin to be, to, to be spoken. And we need that kind of manifestation. The devil does not need to exercise his power and, and all of his manifestation. We need to see the power of the Holy Ghost move. We need to see that. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need refreshing. My soul needs refreshing. Our bodies need refreshing. Our spirit needs to be refreshed. And it happens when we get in the manifested presence of God. Now, there's nothing like having the inner abiding spirit of God. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that well. There's nothing like that wonderful, refreshing time. But it doesn't compare with the outflow of the Holy Spirit. Where he not only is inside, but he flows out into our lives and to the lives of other people. I'm talking about the great manifestation of the Spirit of God. So we have the omnipresence. He's everywhere. Then we have the abiding presence. And then we have the manifested presence of God. Someone says, I want to receive this. I'd like to experience. I believe, and I don't believe I'm wrong. I believe each individual that has accepted Jesus Christ, that has obeyed the Lord and been spirit-filled and baptized of the Holy Spirit, I believe that we can experience this manifested presence every day of our lives. We need to. We just need to see him move. Someone says, I'd like to have that. Okay. Let me tell you how we can do that. Let me tell you how we can experience this manifestation. First of all, let me read Psalms 100. Most of us probably could quote many of the verses in it. But listen to what it says. Make a joyful shout or noise, as one translation says, to the Lord, all your lands. Serve the Lord with sadness. Wait a minute. Did I read? I didn't read that because we, we, sometimes we act like we worship with sadness and serve him with sadness. We need to serve him with gladness. I don't know about you, but I love church. I missed last Sunday and I don't know. I didn't feel good. I love church. 
I like to go to church. I know that church is not the only place that God can bless us. I know that. But there's something about going to church, worshiping God, meeting my fellow man, brothers and sisters in the Lord, praying together. Someone says, I can pray at home. You can go out under an oak tree and pray. God will bless you. But it's important that we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and come together and let our voices go together in prayer. And that's what he says. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Somebody says, I can't sing, sing anyway. Have a song in your heart. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. Muhammad is not God. Confucius is not God. Jehovah, know that he is God and there is no other God. Know the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. You didn't come from a monkey. You didn't evolve from whatever. God made you. It is he that has made us. And not we are. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? Praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. I don't know about you, but that encourages me this morning. You want to have the presence, the manifested presence of God? Live that chapter. Read that chapter over and over again and live it. And let it become a part of you. Look at your notes. There must be discipline. There must be a commitment to purity. The Bible says in Matthew that the pure in heart shall see God. We're not going to live any old way we want to live. Watch any old thing that we want to watch. Say any old thing that we want to say. And experience the manifested presence of God. I'm not talking about you and I being holy in ourselves. I'm talking about allowing the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us. I'm talking about allowing the word of God to cleanse us. I'm talking about allowing the spirit of God to cleanse us. It's the pure in heart that's going to see God. Amen. The pure in heart shall see God. There must be discipline in our lives. And second of all, for us to experience the manifested presence of God, there must be desire. I just read it, those three texts to us today from Deuteronomy, from Jeremiah, from 2 Chronicles. We've got a hunger. We've got to desire it. We've got to want it. As Matt said this morning, we've got to wait for it. God, help me not to be so busy till I... Fail to wait in your presence. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We must, first of all, be pure. We must, second of all, we must pursue this. We must want this more than anything in the world. We must commit. You notice the word I have there. Discipline, a commitment to purity. 
desire, a commitment. There's that word, commitment to pursue. I'm gonna, I want it more than anything. And I'm going to set aside time for it. So we must be pure in our lives, in our hearts. We must pursue this great manifestation. And then number three, we must delight. I will practice it. How often do you speak in tongues a day? I must say, I don't speak in tongues every day, but I believe it's important that we speak in tongues often. You know, what does the Bible say in Philippians? Look at Philippians. I'm reading the Amplified, and, and he, we don't have the Amplified on the screen, but notice what it says. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. We are to practice it. Practice serving God. Practice worshiping God. I'm not talking about carnal things. I'm talking about really go before God. Pray to the point that the Holy Spirit begins to speak. Practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. It's something to do over and over. And over again, Lord, I'm going to practice praying. I'm going to practice singing. I'm going to practice being in the spirit and speaking in tongues. I'm going to practice all of these things. And I'm going to give myself to you. First of all, we must be pure. Second of all, we must uh, pursue. And thirdly, we must practice. And you say, how shall I prepare my heart for this, Pastor? I'm ending this by saying... Look at your notes. First of all, we repent. How long has it been since, since we've repented? I'm talking about really, really, really being godly sorry of our sins. Weeping before God. Saying, God, I'm so sorry of my sins. I want you to forgive me of my sins. How long has it been since we've really and truly repented? Let me ask you this. How long has it been since we've repented for the the sins of our nation? I would say there are plenty, wouldn't you? Daniel cried out to God in Babylon for the sins of Israel. And he, listen to this, this great man of God, this great prophet of God, Prayed as though they were his own sins. Repented before God. Asked God to forgive. First of all, the Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It says, repent therefore and be converted. Folks, this is more than shaking a preacher's hand. This is more than going down to the altar and crying a few crocodile tears. This is more than getting caught and you're godly sorry because you got caught. This is a heart that's being rent by the Spirit of God that weeps before God. I'm not saying you've got to shed tears or repent, but I say it don't hurt you. It's a good way for the Lord to get a hold of your heart and squeeze it so until water comes out your, your eyes. Repent before God. I repent, Lord. I'm sorry of my sins. And then thanksgiving. 
I want, I want to be in the presence of God. Verse 4 says again, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving.